Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Movies, Films, and Flicks. I am Mark Hoffmeyer, and joining me is a man that is currently dancing around his recording studio wearing sandals, socks, and a robe. It's David Cross. Fa, 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 Psycho killer. That's some... That's hey, some, what's going on, dude? That's some fancy footwork you got there. You're really Toby Kebbling it up. Yeah, yeah. I learned from TikTok. Ah. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I'm the Toby Kebble go, go viral? Yeah, well, everyone goes viral on TikTok, you know. Got it. Uh, uh, I've gone viral several times. I'm I'm very famous in the the uh, um, uh, dancing TikTok. You you wouldn't know that. Actually, don't don't go don't get on TikTok and check either. Okay. Yeah, you're uh, like I don't know how you did it, but you inserted yourself into the background of Casablanca just dancing. That one, yeah. that one huge. Yeah, yeah. Some say I might have ruined it, but I say I enhanced it. And then you said, "Dance it again, David." That was the thing of it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, that's actually a really great uh, transition, Mark, because we are potting it again. Yes. It Listen, this is Bloodshot Miss or Day of the Bloodshot or Bloodshot Day or the one year yeah. anniversary of Bloodshot. And we're back to celebrate it again. And we recorded an episode for it last year. We love this movie and we figured, hey, it needs more support because it's a good movie. So here we are on the one year anniversary of Bloodshot back to talk about why we love it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to call it Bloodshotmas. Bloodshotmas. Uh, yeah, I, it's okay if anyone else wants to call it something like Bloodiversary, Bloodshotiversary. I'm fine with those things. Uh, but I want to make this a tradition, an annual tradition of re just revisiting one of our favorite movies from 2020, The Hell Year. <laughs> and unironically, too, we both love this movie. And this is, yes. an, this is yeah. an underrated picture. And maybe go back and listen to our first episode. I don't want to retread a lot of the things that we talked about. You know, you look back at the reviews for this film, and and someone said the fights weren't elegant enough. This is a movie where Bloodshot is... It's Vin Diesel as a tank, as a human tank. He's not Eco Ue. This is not going to be that. And then other <laughs> reviews were hating on... They're like, oh, yeah, and Isaac Gonzalez and Vin Diesel have a, a relationship in it. They fall in love. I'm like, what movie were you watching? They're, they're co-workers. I don't know. They're co-workers. They... <laughs> Some of the reviews are real wild. Yeah. I'm like, your, your uh, viewing comprehension is not high. <laughs> I, was on um, a, oh, no, I was on a walk with Megan yesterday, my wife, and she loves this movie as well. And we were talking about the relationship between KT and uh, Vin Diesel's character, Ray. And they're just they're, – she feels bad for him. This is a guy who just keeps coming back. She has empathy. And she's also a legit badass. And I think once these situations get real, because, I don't know, I guess you know what you signed up for. You're taking a dead soldier, inserting nanobites as blood and having him kill people. But it gets old. And there's no, they're just co-workers. I think they just have, uh, it, Vin's more respectful than that. And it's just watching it, you're just, the, I don't want to, we, we did this in our last podcast, so you can listen to that, but. This movie is good, David. This is a fresh film. Yes. Uh, so I I have some traditions I want to throw by you for Bloodshot Miss and see if everyone else wants to do these. And you can do it today if you're watching, if you're getting this podcast today and it's that's the one-year anniversary. But here are four traditions. You tell me what you think about them. Mm -hmm. So one, on Bloodshot Miss, you have to rewatch Bloodshot. Preferably, <laughs> yes. 
preferably with someone who has never seen it before. Oh, spread the love. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So that, that one I think we can both agree on. We're good. Number two, you need to salute your TV or your phone or your computer and say, this is what we're fighting for, boys. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. And then number three, okay. go ahead. No, no, go. I, I, I don't want to interrupt your four. I might take one. Okay. Number three, uh, you have to eat a flour-based meal. Yes. <laughs> so I actually did this. I ate a bunch of pancakes this morning. I, you could do biscuits. That's okay. Uh, but I did, did pancakes with strawberry jam in an attempt to mimic blood. Uh, and then I paired it with a cherry 7-Up. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I would have preferred a Big Red, but I cannot find one near me. It's <laughs> amazing. I currently have an espresso pod that is red that I put into my Nespresso. And so it's kind of getting a shot to my blood system with the caffeine, and it was red. Oh, that counts. That counts. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then number four. And this is what I would say is not as necessary as the top three. And that is wearing a black or white sleeveless shirt in honor of Dom. Absolutely. (laughs) I was going to say that. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. But you have to start with a shirt. And when he takes off his shirt to go into his tank top, that's when you do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got to got to reveal those pythons. And we're a body positive podcast. So uh, everyone's pythons are slamming. This is and also I think you need to fill up a big bucket of water and stick your head into it during the swimming scene. (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay. okay all right i think that's good yeah. you need to put on some cool shades to be uh, how, you know. how, yeah yeah how about <laughs> a, a a big a, a tiny helmet or tiny hat a hat that's clearly too small for you yeah uh, tiny <laughs> hat, hat and a very large helmet <laughs> but all joking aside I, I have a question to ask okay since this is our this movie's been out for a year everyone knows it it's about this soldier who he dies but then guy pierce wearing a sweater and, and his team, they put a bunch of nanobites in him, and then they send him out to kill the people who know about this project so there can be no competition. However, in Vin's head, Vin thinks that he's getting off of a job, then he goes and he sees his wife, she gets killed, he gets killed by a dancing Toby Kebbell or whoever they want dead, and then he comes back, then they send him after these people to murder them. And uh, during that, he has, a, he has a team, so there's Isaac Gonzalez, in this film as KT, you have uh, Sam Hewen as Jimmy Dalton. There's a whole squad. Guy Pierce is Dr. Emil Harding. You have a whole squad that works, and they send him out to go murder people. But eventually he gets hip to it, and he goes after the people that put the nanobites in his body. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It's a double revenge movie, because he gets revenge, and then he tries to get revenge again. <laughs> uh, I think you called this Wolverine plus Robocop plus Memento. Maybe. I mean, I definitely so it's definitely Wolverine. And like it's like Wolverine and Captain America and um, Cable, like he's just a robot. He's he's a Herculean figure. Like that's yeah. when I when I was thinking about it, I was like, like this is Vin Diesel's Terminator. Yes, and he's really nice in it, man. He I love his five years. Ah, he's so good in this movie. I don't care what people say. He owns this film, and I have so much fun with it. Also, I'm gonna go off on this rant again, David. I love in this movie. When Wiggins, played by Lamorne Morris, who he talked about this and he was allowed to do either 60, 40 or 50, 50, depending on the interview, the amount of improv in this role. And he also he also auditioned for this movie with the British accent. And the director, Dave Wilson, was like, I love it. And he's like, I don't know why you did it, but let's keep it. And so he had to have three dialect coaches. And so in the end, he didn't have to have that British accent. And Dave Wilson doesn't know why he auditioned for it with a British accent. Actually, Lamorne Morris didn't just send in a cell phone video him and his friend filmed the scene and did blocking and then edited it and added some effects and then sent it into dave wilson and he got the job really quick for this role which makes me really happy yeah that's that's great that's so great Uh. uh, so he's he's improvising and he he sets up ray he he actually gets ray disconnected from guy pierce and his crew ray's about to get into a sports car uh, Wilford Wiggins says, no, 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 get in this muscle car. There's no electronic parks. They can't track you. Don't use your cell phones. But earlier in the film, when he had saved him, Wilford goes, hey, why don't you just say thank you to me? How about thank you? And then once he sets up Ray, Ray goes, thank you. Thank you, Wiggins. And then he says it three times in the film. He keeps, yeah. so, Lamore Morris, Wilford Wiggins, just, hey, please say thank you. The rest of the film, Ray says thank you. It's such a tiny little moment, but I love it. Yeah, it's a great. I, I 
you mentioned that to me on our, our discussions prepping for this. And it led me to think that this is a softer role for Vin Diesel than you would expect. And I know that's a wild to say, but Ray Garrison is is more cuddly than Dom and Calder and uh, his character from Pitch Black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the softest one of the three, but he's still a badass. <laughs> he's a nice guy, and he has these genuine emotional moments just, I don't know. I like his interactions between him and KT. She's obviously acting, but I think they're really good together. And also, I think it's cool that that whole stupid beef between J Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel, when Isaac Gonzalez got cast for Hobbs and Shaw, he's like, yeah, absolutely, take it. It's awesome. Go. I want you to blow up. So he had no problem with her appearing in a Dwayne Johnson movie. Ugh. Yeah. And also, yeah. I just want to say this before I forget. Lamorne Morris, when they were at the premiere... Vin walked up. Vin was supposed to go talk to everybody. Vin stopped, gave Lamorne's mom a gigantic hug, and uh, just hugged her, just to be a nice guy. Because he's like, "Oh yeah, I love you know, I love I love your son. You're great." And then he went up and announced the movie. And also, Lamorne said they were in South Africa, and he and Vin just went for a tiny walk, but it turned into a 45 minute hike with the two of them. And they were just talking about life and uh, you know what's going on in the world. And Lamorne Lamorne Morris is just thinking, "I'm in South Africa right now, Cape Town." on a coastal, beautiful road, on a hike with Vin Diesel. And we're just chatting about life. He's like, this is absolutely beautiful where I'm at right now. So that makes me happy, too, that Lamorne and Vin just took nice hikes on the set of yeah. Bloodshot. I I do want to get into a little bit of the Rock slash Vin Diesel feud that was, because apparently it's not. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to do it right now. I what, I what I'm really interested in doing is talking about, like, why we like this movie. At least for my for my own perspective, because I've I've thought about this for the last couple of weeks, knowing that we're going to do this podcast. And I went back and listened to our first podcast. I think what it came down to was that it so one it, it meets its own expectations. It's not trying to be more than it is. We talked about that ad nauseum previously. But one of the things that I didn't realize until recently was that I liked it because I didn't know the character. Uh, so what I mean by this is that when I have been watching these. MCU and DCEU movies, I know all the characters across the board. I have read these comics. I've seen the cartoons. I, I am fully invested and steeped in the universe. Uh, so I, I basically know where the storyline's going. Uh, there might be a few things that surprise me, but I'm never really that surprised. With this one, I didn't read any of the comics prior to watching the first movie. I just knew the character existed, and that was it. And so I, I went in uh, blind, and I just got to sort of ride a roller coaster, and it was sublime. Um, I'm going to couch that saying, since then, I've read the comic books, which may have been a mistake. They're actually very good, but <laughs> but it maybe it was ruined me for the future movies. Oh, no. I didn't, so I didn't realize this until after I read the comics. Like, like I, I read the comics, so I, I read the 2012 run, which is the Valiant Universe's reboot. And I've read the first 13 issues. They're they're pretty good. They're way better than I thought they would be. Um, but I was like, oh, what am I? Like, I got done, and I was like, oh, I, I may have spoiled myself for future movies. Oh, no, just because you said the character's a tank in the, in the graphic novels, right? Or the comics, just an absolute monster. Yeah, so, so some of the differences, just slight differences, um, the comics – at least the comic version I read. So remember, this came out in the 90s, so I'm reading the reboot version. It's They're way more violent. Like, like he's just constantly getting ripped apart and grown back together, and the, the imagery is definitely R-rated. He is sort of a put-upon hero. He's, like, he's stronger than a normal person, and he's, he is a badass, but everyone he's going up against is way more badass than him. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I love that. That's yeah, that's what yeah. you want. Yeah, so he, he's, he's just constantly getting wrecked across the board um some other differences that i thought were really interesting there's more of a check on his powers uh so he, in this version he needs protein to heal and this is wild and weird but there's several scenes in this in this run where he's just like i have to go kill and eat a cow <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay like i don't he needs that protein and then the other thing is that his nanites speak to him and are semi-autonomous. Uh, um, like Venom which is, type stuff. Yeah, it's much more like Venom, like Upgrade. Uh, probably very close to Upgrade, actually. <laughs> and that's... I find that interesting as well. Oh, I love Upgrade, but... Oh, well, I guess Venom was around before. 
bloodshot and they talk to him. So I guess it's a it's a borrowed idea, but they work on their own because there are all these little nanobots in them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what did you think about my my sort of my realization that I have spoiled myself for a lot of these comic book movies? <laughs> well, I, that's a that's a great question. They have announced the sequel, and I hope they make it. They should make it because this movie's forty five million dollars. Make it fifty million dollars, and you'll make your money back. There's no reason not to make another one of these. They're cheap. And okay, real quick, I just want to say I'm very before I forget, I'm very happy that the VFX company weta and all that crew they're on the short list for academy award nominations which there's 10 of them five will get picked but that's amazing that this movie might get nominated for an oscar that makes me so happy on a 45 million dollar budget but yeah i guess to wreck it you know when i was young i, I read x-men i was a big x-men guy and you have those runs in uncanny x-men 280 through 290 where bishop comes and cable and there's some truly horrific imagery in them and people get their heads blown off you have the relationship between rogue and storm and for me when the new x-men movie came out i just looked at it as another run of x-men so i didn't see myself going this isn't what i want this isn't what i'm used to i just thought to myself hey this is fun now we get another world of x to the comics because i was just a big x-men fan so i haven't read these the the bloodshot comics and i should for next year i'll do that so we can talk about it but i guess this is just a different pg-13 world and the characters are so likable that i guess you just got to look at it as a limited run of bloodshot yeah I, I i can see that and i guess another thing that really um one of the reasons another thing related to not spoiling is that like there's a cottage industry right now around spoilers and just dissecting anything and everything actors say about MCU movies. <laughs> none of that exists around Bloodshot. None. Like there's none. There's like there's no absolutely no way I'm going to get spoiled at all. <laughs> like the like the most spoiler is going to be if I watch the trailer. <laughs> in the trailer. Uh, so added to it. In the treasure trailer for WandaVision, she wears a fog hat shirt. Fog hat is in dazed and confused. That means that Wooderson is going to be the villain in WandaVision season two. Oh, I, I, we don't, I, this is a sidebar, but I, I really couldn't stand the, um, the, the just breathless theorizing and over analysis of WandaVision this last couple of weeks. I think the show's great. I love the show, but I, I have gone ham blocking accounts on my social media for just, the slightest, <laughs> slightest infractions of a name. <laughs> that, that, in that scene, WandaVision takes 10 steps. And if you know that's the 10 rings, it's like, wait, wait, what? But, I mean, people read it, I guess, and people love to to do that. But, yeah, you're right. There's none of that around Bloodshot. It's just, and also, you can't really spoil Bloodshot either. Vin Diesel gets an ant. Well, yeah, you know what? Vin, this would have been spoiled for me if I knew that the, the beginning wasn't real because once because that was so clever the when you learn that he has the cow killer which is in no country for old men so i guess you could have spoiled this for me to a certain extent but i i don't know uh real quick real quick uh, sorry mm -hmm. david when you first watch this movie when he's have like when he meets back up with his wife and they have their their sex scene and everything you're feeling a little like oh no this is what's going on here <laughs> this is um I don't know about this, but then in hindsight, when you know the whole plan and the plot, it makes it so much better. Does that make sense to you? Do you think that turned off people in the beginning and then they just clicked off their brains and didn't pay attention anymore? Yeah, I think it absolutely did. Um, luckily, I was on board for either. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't, can't dissuade me. Um, what I would say is that the beginning of the, the film, there is a slight um, like greenish tint that makes it appear like a different um, format than the rest of the movie, uh, especially that first like, like battle scene. It, the edges of the, the screen are, are sort of greenish blurry. And I didn't notice that until my second time through. So I, at that point I was like, Oh, they, they tried to hint that this wasn't real, but they didn't, they didn't want to make it avert. Um, oh, I, I still haven't noticed that. It, I mean, it's very slight. It's very, very slight. Oh, I love uh, that. And maybe, but I, I think if they would have done like, just a couple of weird things in it, like randomly have a screen jump or a skip in the tech, uh, that would have maybe better set people's ex expectations. Or like you have someone start and they just hit a start button and you don't see their who it is, like the just like a robot hand. Um, 
because you're right. I think it, it really messed with people's heads uh, and didn't put them in a right mindset for the rest of the film. Do you want to know what took me out of it a little bit during the rewatch? What? So we're current on Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. We are covering Deep Blue Sea 2 now. And in the beginning of that movie, there are these shark finners. And one of them is played by uh, Tomer Berjak, who is the mercenary who gets killed by Ray in the beginning of the film when he wants the helicopter. Oh. And they filmed in Cape Town, which is where he lives. But since I've been spending so much time, actually, the dock where they shoot, where all the pier, that's in Deep Blue Sea, too, actually. It's such a beautiful area. Holy moly. It just took me out because he gets killed in the beginning of Deep Blue Sea 2, which I I love the Deep Blue Sea world, and then he gets killed by Vin Diesel, who I'm a huge fan of. And he's also in <laughs> Dread getting killed. This guy gets killed in some of my favorite movies. So I just had to throw that out there because I was like, my guy from Deep Blue Sea 2 is in this movie. And then he gets wiped out. But I'm glad he's getting yeah. roles. So that took me out of it. And Vin's helmet. The yeah, helmet, Vin's helmet's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. Uh, yeah. I hate hating on it, but that helmet doesn't look right to me. Yeah. So I, I have a question for you about Vin Diesel as an actor in this role. Do you do you think that any like other actors could have done this? Because like when I think about Bloodshot, I think it's a perfect vehicle for Vin Diesel. Uh, and what I mean by this is like the action is sort of um, one directional. It's like he you point him towards something and he goes and he just takes a bunch of damage. He doesn't have to be fast. He doesn't have to be quick. He has to be, as you said previously, a tank. Like, are there other actors, do you think, who could have done this? That's a great question. What's interesting is you you never... What I like about Vin in action scenes, I never feel like he's putting on an air of toughness. Maybe I'm just so used to Vin being tough in movies. So you just... You believe that he could do all that. And there is an interesting openness to his character, which adds to it. And he does get beat up a lot. So is there another actor... Okay, mm -hmm. the, so the way I see Bloodshot's a tank, correct? So we can't Jack yeah. Reacher it. And yeah. as much fun as you have with the first Jack Reacher film, Tom Cruise is much smaller than the actor. So I'm trying to think of someone who is big and kind of burly, right? We're, th we're thinking yeah. of a big old character. This is random, and it's a too fast, too furious pull. But Cole Hauser in Yellowstone is an absolute just brick. And he has an interesting sentimentality to his character he's real likable but he's a murderer mm -hmm. so i think cole hauser now beefy cole hauser could maybe pull this off but i don't know if he could be the interesting what makes his character work is he's silent but he's a different type of silent than bloodshot so i don't mm. yeah, yeah i it's hard it's hard and here's here's my thing like i think a lot of other actors who are given this role would have tweaked the dialogue to make make bloodshot quippy right? Make him funny or try to make him funny. But that's not the character. The character is essentially a put upon dude who's just like, I guess I'm going to walk through this gunfire because I have to. <laughs> he doesn't really want to do it. Um, yeah. And I started thinking about it and I I kind of think Ben Affleck could do it like beefy Ben Affleck because he's big Whoa. and he's not like he's not like a, a martial arts dude. He's not life. Yeah, he, I think it'd be a really interesting role for him. And when he says thank you, I don't think he would do so with a smirk on his face. So when mm -hmm. when Ray says thank you to Lamorne, it's not he's not pleased with himself. He just he listens and he says it. Mm -hmm. I could see Ben Affleck doing that, but yeah. it has to be beefy Ben Affleck, like the way yeah. back Ben Affleck or yeah. Batman v Superman. No, that's a good that's a good poll. That's an interesting poll. Yeah. And then the, the, also related to this role and particularly um, Vin is like, I started thinking about this movie in terms of marketing. It led me down this rabbit hole of thinking about how there are only so many actors out right now. If their name is attached, I would go see that movie, regardless of what it is. Mm -hmm. And Vin Diesel is one of those. And it, it feels like that type of actor doesn't really exist anymore. And the ones that we do have are all older. So it's like, Nick Cage does a movie, I'm going to go see it regardless of what it is because it's going to be wild. Vin Diesel does it because it's like, he sort of hits my sweet spot of um, uh, action and like camp combined. Uh, Mila Jolovich, I would definitely go see anything she's in. Uh, Walton but Goggins. Walton Goggins Walton. is one of those for me. Walton Goggins is a great actor who doesn't get enough respect. Scott Atkins. Um, oh, Scott Atkins is someone I watch, but yeah. no one else does. I'm weird in that regard. 
Yeah, but it's sort of like he somehow he is one of those actors who's like if his name's attached to it, he's the main draw. It's not the 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 story or whatever it's in it. He is the draw to the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It's who else? Who, Keanu Reeves. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Potentially. Like, yeah. Yeah. I liked her a lot in Wild Mountain Time. Michael yeah. Pena. <laughs> I just keep saying people. But yeah. No. No. You're right. It's. For me, look, we bought this movie for whatever price it was when it went on video. I, I, I just, oh, how much is it? Thirty bucks. Bought. Like, there's no. It's one of those no second thought purchase for like when a Vin Diesel movie comes out. Like I own yeah. all of his movies, so <laughs> it's no. That's that's an interesting point. And what do you think it is about him that we like? What? Yeah. So this this is sort of touching on what I wanted to talk about: The Rock versus Vin Diesel. And so I'll I'll try to talk about Vin a little bit here. So what I like about Vin is like one he he seems authentic in himself as an actor. His roles aren't always very authentic. So like he gives off this this faux masculine persona that is camp, and I I like that. So, but him as a person, I also like because he it seems like he gives people chances. He likes the material he's working on. He he takes legitimate chances in his work as well. This is something I don't think people give him enough credit for. He does R-rated action movies. You know how rare that is now? Yeah. Very so, rare. so yeah, I mean, like, the Fast and Furious, most of them are PG-13, but, like, Pitch Black is R. All the Pitch Black stuff's R. This could have very be easily been R, and I kind of wish it was, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but he does interesting stuff. What I am... Oh, sorry, go for it. And I was just saying, that's why I like him, because he has this, like, he's in on the joke of what he's producing, is what I feel like is happening when I see him. He he knows that he's not this, this larger-than-life masculine... Uh, early 2000s character. And so he kind of, he's like a little bit of winking at the screen and he has enough talent to pull it off. No, absolutely. Yeah, he pulls off the wink. He can do that. And I think there's more of an openness to him as well. Mm -hmm. So as much mm -hmm. as I love the, the 90s, 80s, Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Wesley Snipes, all that, I like the openness to him in a lot of his roles. It kind of reminds me of JCVD a little bit. There's a, there's a weird openness to a lot of JCVD's characters. He's like a sensitive dude. And that's, I see that in Vin as well. And I, I also like that Vin will, he gives people chances. I, I love that the final, the finale of this movie, it's Lamorne Morris as a British hacker who had just gotten off of, of what game night, but also a lot long run on new girl you have Lamorne Morris, and then you have Isa Gonzalez, who, yeah, she was really cool in Baby Driver. I'm really happy that she was in I Care a lot. But those are our three heroes. You have Vin, Isa Gonzalez, and Lamorne Morris. And uh, Nathalie Emanuel of the Fast franchise says that he's very open. He wants to, he wants to bring in diverse groups of actors. He wants James Wan to direct. He wants F. Gary Gray to direct. He wants Justin Lin to direct. I, I like how he's inclusive with this casting. He gives a lot of opportunities to people who don't normally have those opportunities. He he pursues geeky pursuits. I mean, The Last Witch Hunter is the ultimate geeky movie, and I yeah. dug it. And I yeah, we're gonna it. do that, Mark. We're, I oh, know. Absolutely. I yeah. I we'll get to it eventually, but that's one I have on my list. That I really really want to do. Yeah, he's just I I don't know what. And okay, I, I'm gonna go off on this, and we're gonna have to do it eventually. But for me, the whole beef with Dwayne Johnson, we weren't there. We don't know what's going on. We just know what he said about Vin being late and not showing up. But this is the same thing about Blade, the Blade franchise. So Wesley Snipes builds Blade 1 and 2. He is one of the biggest... Like he's really He really helps kick comic book films into the next world with, with Blade, and Marvel got helped out a lot from it. The problem is, Blade is a super quiet, cool character. But in the third one, they bring in motor mouths and young kids who talk all the time to be on screen with a guy who's barely audible. So it's just a weird mixture. And then everyone gave, Patton Oswalt came out and gave him crap about being in character. But Blade went on, I think, Conan or Letterman in character as Blade. So all these people are giving him crap about being Blade, but he had been doing that for two films. And he was portrayed to be the bad guy when he's the person who carried the franchise through those films and into Blade Trinity. In The Fast and Furious, that Vin came back in the fourth one. He wasn't there for two and three, which I love. Not I love that he I don't love that he wasn't in them, but I love both those films. The fourth one was a success with Justin Lin directing. Then they said, "Hey, let's let's bring in Dwayne Johnson." Vin Diesel said, "Let's bring in Dwayne Johnson for this role because Dwayne he hadn't 
he he had a good run, but he wasn't on the best run when he made this movie. He wasn't mm-hmm. a he. This is what made him a global superstar. This is what helped him. Let's say help him. It didn't make him. And so you have Vin bringing him in, and then then they have this this issue together. But it's still Vin's franchise. And then they went off and made a new movie with Dwayne Johnson. And I just see that as a lot of disrespect. I don't know anything about the characters or the the, the behind the scenes stories. But I, I don't know. I could see Vin's annoyance. Like, this is his baby. He brings people in to compliment the movie. He gives them chances. And then he's portrayed to be the bad guy. But mm-hmm. I read about Lamar Morris. Isaac Gonzalez is a huge fan of his. Jeff Davis was a huge fan of his and all the comments. So everything you, Nathalie Emanuel, he flew to her birthday and surprised her and sang to her in front of a bunch of people like a couple of years ago. And <laughs> everything so you hear, oh, God. <laughs> everything you hear, people just love this guy. He's been really good for a lot of people. And I don't know. I just I hate the feud because you have this guy out there who's making different stuff with diverse casts, diverse directors, giving people chances, and then he's portrayed to be the bad guy, and I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I do think there's something to be said that about Hobbs and Shaw quasi derailing the Fast and Furious franchise. Like, imagine like like it feels like they were building a bunch of momentum for Vin's the main franchise portion of it, and essentially the Rocks movies slowed it down, sidestepped it for a little bit. And I mean, I like that movie too. Um, but it, it, I do see the annoyance there and I, I am also a little annoyed. Uh, but I guess what I, I guess we can transition into sort of the talk about Vin and, and the rock as sort of their personas. So over the last year, I've becoming more and more hesitant of accepting the rock. And I know that's, I know that's crazy to say, cause I, I usually was a really big Dwayne Johnson stand, but I had this realization that like, I feel like Dwayne Johnson buys what he's selling you know (laughs) and and ben is like i get that this is kind of funny and like and like but not not dwayne johnson he's he's completely serious about everything he's talking about um and i also think we've hit dwayne johnson saturation point uh where it's just too much stuff going on at once and that he's either very close to or has already jumped the shark like with the number of um just media he's in like his his young rock tv show which i'm sure is pretty awesome but when you look at it in the whole it's just like too much rock i I can't i can't take this much of you um hopefully that made sense it was a little meandery no i mean just you're talking about sort of peak saturation of Mm -hmm. dwayne johnson and i get it i i I think i'm still a fan of his but i'm just much more so a fan of early like the rundown dwayne johnson where Yes, he can beat up seven football players with no problem. And he can beat up an army of people at the end. But he loses fights to Ernie Reyes Jr. He, <laughs> he, he's funny. He's not afraid to look stupid. Like he's hanging upside down and his face is swollen. And like, get away from me, monkey. He's, he's vulnerable. In Fast Five, he loses a fight to, to Vin Diesel. He loses that fight. And then you move to San Andreas or Rampage where he flies every vehicle known to man. Everybody's afraid of him. One punch KOs everybody, can fight monsters. It's, it, I mean, people have been doing this for years, decades, since cinema started, just being this amazing hero. But it just feels that the fallibility's gone with a mm-hmm. lot of Dwayne Johnson's characters. And I like him in Jumanji because he's cheeky. He has fun mm-hmm. with it. He's, you know, he's flexing his pecs. He's, oh man, like, look, you know, check out these biceps. Well, what is this? Oh, this is neat. Oh, look at my powers. And that's fun because. If someone morphed into Dwayne Johnson, it'd be quite the experience. So I, I yeah. totally get, I like how they deal with him in the Jumanji movies, the more open. But in mm-hmm. like Hobbs and Shaw, which I love, I own it, I've talked about it, it's it's fun. It's just, he, he and Statham are just so, uh, they're just immortals, they're superheroes. And I don't know, I, I don't like that kind of thing. But in this one with Vin Diesel, it, it gives him some weaknesses. I mean, it's... His wife just says, listen, I didn't want you to go. I wanted you to stay. Get away from me. <laughs> you, out on you that. screwed up, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't want you to go. I know you always came back, but I didn't want you to leave. And it's just he's kind of played for a fool in some of this. And because of his nanobites, he's allowed to be a berserker. And I just think it's more open. He has a more vulnerability. And when when he says, thank you, I believe it. I don't I don't see that from a Dwayne Johnson character. And I love I mean, Dwayne Johnson works so hard. That guy's probably he probably wakes up at 4 a.m. every morning to lift weights and produce 40 different things. I mean, this guy hustled and he started off in the wrestling ring. 
He put his body on the line, and and every, I think everything he has, he he he's earned. And even his tequila brand was the number one selling tequila in the world when it first started. It broke every record. So this is the guy who's earned everything that he's had. But I just I like him better when he's fallible, and yeah, I don't see him being in this movie and pulling off what what Vin did. Yeah, and what I would say to that is that The Rock is an incredible, incredible worker. He really is. Um, but he also it feels like he doesn't take chances. And what I mean by that is like, he hasn't done a true R action movie. Like well, he closest... did faster. He did faster, which well, he did. He did, um, pain and gain. Oh yeah. He, so he did pay. Oh, so I think his big chances are, sorry to interrupt. Uh, my bad. Yeah. I got hyped up, but Southland tales. He tried something different. Mm -hmm. Pain and gain. He tried something different and faster. And none of those were really successful. Yeah. And I think he, if those would have been successful, I think he would have gone that route, but then he did game plan, which was huge. And he started doing other PG 13 movies and they were big. So I think he's leaned away from those types of roles because they don't really, it's about the brand and those don't help the brand. Yeah. I, I just, what I want from him, I'm just craving, craving, craving is I want him to take a chance on something. Um, and really like lean into it. Like what I keep thinking about is, um, I don't remember what movie this was, but there's a movie, there's a scene where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger walks past the rocks character in a movie, oh, the rundown, like, the rundown. And it's like a purposeful setup to make the rock, the next giant action hero. And I'm going to be frank. I don't think he lived up to it or he hasn't yet. Like he, I still enjoy a lot of what he does, but he doesn't, ha he's just, it's not the same. Like the rock is honestly more of a comedian, frankly, I think than, uh, mm -hmm. than, uh, like a true action hero. He's good in central intelligence. I, oh, he's weird in that one. I like my favorite roles of his are you're right. My favorite roles of his are when he gets weird or when he's mm -hmm. fallible. But I also think it's a different time. Movies like Commando. Uh, well, I guess there is John Wick. But I, 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 I think he's done a just I think he's had to pivot a few times, but he mm -hmm. has learned to play to his strengths. And mm -hmm. there's really nothing wrong with that because he's an empire right now. He I is. just yeah, I just but if you look at Tom Cruise, he, he did Mag Magnolia and Tropic Thunder. When you look at Brad Pitt, there's 12 monkeys. There are these funky roles. I mean, let's don't even get me started on Nick Cage. So there are <laughs> a lot of these actors take these really like Wild Mountain Time with Emily Blunt. That's bonkers. She she the, you go out there and you take chances. And I think since he's such a brand, he's such a role model mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't want that. So but he's also doing great work for charities and has his TV shows. And so I think just uh, he's thinking, keep the brand alive, which I guess we can't fault. Because Vin no, is set, no. right? Universal, Vin kind of owns Universal right now. Because whenever a fast movie comes out, they make a billion dollars. So Universal, they could say, all right, we'll give you another witch, last witch hunter. We'll we'll do this. And you know, companies <laughs> there are just, some bones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and he's earned it. So I, I guess he's able to take more chances, but so could The Rock. But we're not going to see him in it. The Rock is never going to do Interview with the Vampire. He's just going to, he'll fight vampires. So I guess he's just a different actor and playing towards his strengths. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to come off like I hate The Rock. I don't. I don't. It's just I've been circling around this idea of just like peak rocks, peak Dwayne Johnson. And I can't. There's just something about it that bothers me. It's it's mm -hmm. like it's like well, there's a saturation point. There really is. It's, 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 there is. But it's also like toxic positivity. It's like it's like repressing that negative things happen. And that, mm. that kind of feels like watching his his films are always like this, this mild, like mild, like, like everything's great. We're going to really pull through this if you work tough and you work hard. And I'm like, yeah, not not really. That's that's not not it's, it's OK to have other other emotions. <laughs> no, you're right. But it's there, though. We've I've seen in pain and gain. He got truly weird in uh, Southland Tales. He got really weird. So and I mean. Central intelligence, maybe too. We'll see. I don't know. I just we'll hope. see. We'll see. You know what, yeah. Mark? Mark, we don't want to make this a Dwayne Johnson podcast yeah. on the Vin so, Diesel show. So how about this? Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will get refocused and talk about Bloodshot. How's that sound? Yes. Yes. All right. We'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Movies, Films, and Flicks. And I have some questions for you, David. Okay, let's All do right. it. Do they rebuild the gym every time? Oh, my God. Because... <laughs> They have to, but they can't, like, do you know how long it takes for a plaster to set? <laughs> oh, yeah. So they, you would they, think they would direct them towards a different wall, a different, different load bearing wall or something. They, I think they have to reset that thing every time. <laughs> that's, I didn't think about that, but that's, that's wild. <laughs> I was watching this and I, I was just thinking, wait, they're going to have to rebuild this. And another thing, they made a big deal about saying that Wiley Wiggins spent $812 in room service. He's been locked in a basement. For a very long time, eight hundred and twelve dollars in a five-star hotel is nothing. That's, that's a, I thought that too. Oh my god, I'm so glad you brought that up. I was like, that's like four meals. Yeah, exactly. Like not even splurging. Yep. <laughs> that's one bottle of champagne. So it's not, it's not that bad. And then the movies he was watching, whatever. He was in a basement. Who cares? And I, so when they said eight hundred and twelve, and they made a big idea about it, I just thought to myself, yeah, that's not, that's not that much. And also. Has your attitude towards, not attitude, but have has your KT, how has she changed in the last year for you? I like KT more, and I already liked her. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like, like that fight scene with uh, the Collapse of Baton, pretty badass. Yeah. I, like, I thought it was badass the first time, but I was like, this is really good. Um, she She's a good character because she... She, she's clearly doing something because like otherwise she would die and so she's being forced to do all this stuff and she ha and she has a we're gonna say this word again vulnerability to her that that's refreshing and you know what you nailed exactly what she said so Isaac Gonzalez loves this movie she's so happy she said you know she's so happy that she's the first Mexican superhero she wants to really get that going she wants more roles for people she talks about when she grew up it was just Salma Hayek acting and that's kind of who she had as a role model. And she's really proud of this. And what she said was about her role. And that's exactly what you just said, where she didn't feel like a damsel in distress. And then she didn't feel like a bad chick, you know, in these movies where you're just defined by being angry. And then she said yeah. that she's not also, she's not the strong female character who's so buff and insane that there's no, like, like uh, she just didn't want to be that. So she said that she, her character is very capable and strong and powerful, but she's emotional and she feels bad for Diesel's character, but she also goes and beats people up. So it's not, Hey pup, it's not an issue. It, I, I don't know. I like that about her character. So she's not the, Oh, uh, gruff person. But then she also has these emotions because like you said, she had her, her, she was a, a diver. She couldn't breathe anymore. And Guy Pierce goes, you, when you signed up for this, you, that was the deal, but you're dying, David. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you're gonna die. it's not much of a deal. Yeah. This is under pressure. <laughs> Listen, you're going to be dead in 10 minutes, and I can put a brand new titanium, uh, unobtainium heart into you, and you will be fine. But you have to work for me. Or you'll be dead. Okay. One or the other. Yes, I'm working for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And But the problem is, in the beginning, it's fine. Well, let's build these nanobites to, to sell to the highest bidder. It doesn't matter who. Many will die, but we're just going to get rich, and war happens anyway. But when they start killing people that they worked with when they start using a guy who has emotions and has a conscience and feels sadness and every emotion, I think that slowly weighs on her. So yes, she is loyal to guy Pierce, but also seeing all this changes her a little bit. So it's not anything new that for a character to change over time towards what they're doing. So I buy it more and more that her character would feel em empathy towards this man but then she's still a badass who walks with grenades and throws them into a uh, like a data center and blows them up and looks cool while doing it so it's wearing sweatpants yeah while wearing <laughs> sweatpants but i don't I, I dig it and she was really proud of it she she loved the role and she was so happy to get it and she she said she worked I, I just love what she said and what you said she's she reminded me of gal gadot's wonder woman a little bit where mm. complete badass but also open and emotional not not like a, just a total badass or a does that make sense or a total damsel in distress and i like yeah, that it totally makes sense yeah. i mean it's, it's a well-rounded three-dimensional character it's just dude okay i know i keep saying this but it's so cool more and more is isaac gonzalez and vin diesel heading their own film give me that like i like all three of these people and they're all it's such a unique thing i don't 
I'm tired of watching the same things over and over and over again. I want these three on a road trip blowing up people. It'd be great. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's Bloodshot too. We'll get yes, there. Yes, <laughs> I hope so. Please. And uh, how how do you feel? So, guy, you know what? I, I got a good laugh out of this in regards to Guy Pierce's character, Dr. Emil Harding. So he hires all these people, and then they they're all kind of a pain in the butt. So his coder borrows open source code for for Bloodshot, which is insane. He has all these weird stereotypical killer ideas. He's stuck with Jimmy, who's just a nightmare, kind of an alpha bro, an alpha guy, murderer. I mean, he killed the guy killed. He says he killed Osama bin Laden. He was part of that team, and now he's playing second fiddle to someone who's more powerful than him. So he has a brat on his hands. Tibbs is chill. And then he's also dealing with KT not wanting to do this. I just think he's funny. I, I Everything starts falling apart for him a little bit. It's interesting his hiring process. Just who he got. <laughs> he doesn't have a very good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's really... It, it, that's That rang out to me the, set, the, the fourth time or fifth time around. Just watching his crew fall apart around him. It makes me... It made me happy. Yeah. We can talk about Jimmy Dalton a little bit. Uh, on my, I guess this is my third watch, um, he stands out a lot more <laughs> than the first two watches. And he has my favorite line of the film, which is, what a relentless dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, it's just like, what is, like, is he true? Because, like, Bloodshot, like, like, he's a missile, he is relentless, and he's yep. a dick. <laughs> it's jealousy speaking right there. <laughs> yeah. You know when someone's better than you at something, you're like, oh, what a jerk. <laughs> Uh, do you uh, did you write down the the five things that you noticed, or are we doing that right now? Yeah, oh, let's do it. Uh, can I drop my first one on you? Yeah, absolutely. So I never got the six inches joke until. <laughs> really? So there's a scene where there's there's this there's a coder and the the coder who works for uh, Emil Harding. They he he does this program where when Toby Kebble kills Ray uh, Vin Diesel's wife. Or Ray's wife, he sticks a cow killer in her that has a six-inch thing. And I didn't catch that in the beginning when Toby, Toby Kebble says, can you handle all six inches? So later on, when KT says, and six inches isn't that big, and everyone goes, yeah, yeah, she's right. And then he asked later Emil about how, having some augmentation. I was like, why is there a, a penis joke in this movie? But then I learned in the beginning the six inches gag, and it tied it all back to each other. So that's my, because I never understood it. I'm like, why? I was like, why did she say that? But then I realized that that was part of the code. So that was it. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's a pretty funny one. Um, so I noticed there's a meta commentary running through this film uh, about Vin Diesel's age as an aging action hero. <laughs> oh, what'd you read? Uh, no, I, I mean, there's just like a bunch of lines like, Dalton oh, calls man. old man. Yeah. And it's just sort of these lines of like, Vin Diesel is not that old. And most of the action in this film is him digitized <laughs> mm -hmm. or he is you know, 50 something. Uh, so, so it's like, it's pretty funny. Like when you, you realize that Vin Diesel is allowing himself to be, um, poked fun at. Yeah, no, that's, um, and not a lot of people do that. He, they make fun of him in this movie and he gets dumped by his wife. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, five years. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say that because I never picked up on how he said five years the first time I watched it. But when she that's says five good. years, that's a good line reading. He sounds it really is. hurt and open and vulnerable in five years. It's good. It's a good scene. And that that's my uh, number two because he sells that. There's an openness to him, and I dig it. So then the next one for me is just pain. I Does Bloodshot feel pain? <laughs> no. I don't think Bloodshot – I don't think he does, right? There's no pain. I, I know at the very beginning they cut his head, and he's like, what up? What's, what, what's that, Doc? Yeah. Um, but then he just doesn't feel pain for the rest of the movie. <laughs> and and I don't know if I want him to feel pain or or just keep going with him being a tank. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to think on that one. I love that line. What's up, Doc? Like, oh, come on, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then my number three is I had this epiphany while watching The Flower Fight. These mercenaries, who are presumably the best that money can buy, drove through a tunnel. <laughs> Now, I understand that it's probably the quickest route, and they were overconfident. Toby Kebbell's character knows what Bloodshot is. So, I would just say, listen, it's going to take us an extra hour, but 
we need to not be trapped in a surface where there's a flower truck potentially there to kill us. And it's not, listen, I've never been a mercenary, David, neither of you, which I, I think you're, you're kind of dangerous. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, uh, this bothers me. They're not, they're not a great team. They should just put the car in reverse and Toby probably could have gotten out of there. But yeah, that's yeah. mine. That's my yeah, number that's three. A, that, yeah. It's a weird, that's a, it's a great scene, but also the setup's weird. So the, the third thing I noticed was, the, was Dr. Emil Harding's plan. It is so overly complicated. And why didn't he just program himself to be uh, one of Bloodshot's friends and be like, you need to go do this. And like, get rid of, you don't have to do all this like <laughs> other stuff. It's, it's, just, just, it, yeah. it's very complicated. <laughs> he could have hired just a SWAT team or a sniper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's just like, okay. Because he has to wake up and explain to him every time. It would have been easier if he would have been like, if Ray woke up, recognized Dr. Harding, he's like, what am I doing here? He's like, well, you've been enhanced since you were killed. And like, it would solve all the problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> that's a great point. It's, that's, they, do they own that skyscraper too? Or do they rent some floors? I That's a great question. I would imagine they own it because it feels like the type of bad guy who would own his own skyscraper. Man, that's crazy. What a huge building. Oh, man. All right, so let's see. I'm on my fourth. Yeah. All right, so I talked about one of those earlier with the $812 bill because that's the first time I ever thought about that. But I don't, I don't want to go back to that one. So let me go through my – oh, you know what it is? We talked about this, but I always liked the special effects in this movie. But when I learned that it was on the shortlist for the Academy Awards, the scene where Guy Pierce meets with Ray on the South African Cape Town Pier – the docks and they render it into the set that they had talked in and where he was. That's wonderful VFX. That mm -hmm. is for $45 million. That is some really excellent stuff right there. I love the look of that and it deserves its spot in the short list, uh, but I had never, I had liked it, but I'd never had the jaw dropping moment. So yeah, the scene where they talk and they build the world around him. It's beautiful. I love it. And then my next one is Tibbs. And for anyone who can't remember his name, he's the the blinded, I don't know, security guard who who can see everything. He is by far the most impressive character in this film, by by far. Like he, his powers aren't really that great, and yet he's jumping everywhere. He takes uh takes Bloodshot out like by far the most. Uh, he's making the most of what he has. Like that whole fight scene on the elevator when he's jumping around and and doing all that stuff. He's just a regular dude. He's not super enhanced um so that was pretty cool and then i when he died i was very sad i was like oh like he clearly didn't want to be doing this but he was doing it because he wanted to be able to see and then dalton killed him which i guess heightens the the how evil dalton is i was so mad because think about it you are you've been blinded by shrapnel mm -hmm. I, I think an explosion shrapnel like a ied and someone says i'll give you your sight but you have to work for me that's tough. That's the, I mean, I guess rather than being dead, but that's a tough thing to have right there. And there's a warmth to the guy and he seems mm -hmm. really world weary. He seems quite bored with it. He knows there's one mission left, but he also knows if he doesn't do it, he'll never see again. Mm -hmm. And he's just stuck. So it's, yeah, it gives yeah. him the most character. Yeah. He's sort of the foil to, um, KT. Like, KT decides to stand up for it and try to get away, and he decides to roll with it. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, no, that's a great point. Oh, I love this movie. My my fifth thing is that Martin, not Martin, that's Toby Kebbell, uh, Jimmy, have I been calling Jimmy Martin the whole time? Oops. But yeah, no, so, you, you haven't. Okay, so Sam as Jimmy Dalton, when he is taught, so in the beginning, when he gives uh, Ray a tour, he's like, I'll tell you everything later. And when... Ray comes back from his first mission. They kind of wipe his brain. They they insert more nanobites into him, which looks amazing. They insert more into him. But while he's unconscious, he goes through Jimmy and tells Ray everything. Expository dump. But what sells it is when he walks away, he says, I promised, I, I told you I would tell you everything. So it comes back. He's just been doing it over and over. And he loves doing it because he's not the man. Ray's the man. However... What I finally noticed is I always thought he was smacking gum, and it really annoyed me because I hate gum smacking in movies. He's munching on a protein bar during his yeah. his dump on 
his expository dump on Ray, which makes me like him even more. It's just this big, beefy guy eating a protein bar and yelling at Bloodshot. <laughs> this makes he me love his dick. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just munching on a protein bar. This, he's got his, his sweet way bar, and he's talking smack to a guy. But I, I just think the touch of eating a protein bar is funny. And also, I want to say, for Vin Diesel's part, and I don't know about the casting and, and what went down, but bringing on the dude from Outlander into your movie, smart. Because yeah. people, lo- I've never watched it, but the audience, I guess it's pretty toxic from what he said. Some of it. I guess there's always good fan bases, but then there's also the ones who take it way too far. It's like the Joe Dirt fans who are crazy. No, I'm joking. But (laughs) it's smart because that's probably 10 million right there if the theaters would have stayed open. So I I like that move that he brought him in there. But yeah, it's my protein bar because I'm like, this dude's eating a protein bar while monologuing. Made me laugh. Okay. Okay. So my, my, I believe this is my last one. One, two, three. Yeah. This is my last one. Number five. Uh, It has to do with the flower fight. The movie never addresses all the damage, just the massive amount of damage Bloodshot does everywhere he goes. <laughs> oh yeah, everywhere. And so when I was yeah, when I was watching the flower fight, I was like, "What do you think the newspaper called this?" Because <laughs> like people had to go clean it up, and like you know what I mean. Whoa. Uh, and here's here are some names for the the event in slash the killer, uh, the flower fighter. Do you think they use flowery language while writing the thing? Oh, yeah. This head, this headline's like peak tabloids, British tabloids. <laughs> so I was like, flower fighter or um, judge dredged <laughs> <laughs> or or the half-baked butcher. <laughs> Whoa. That's it. The half-baked butcher. <laughs> oh, the half-baked butcher of Flower yep. Town. <laughs> I was just like, because like, I think that's hilarious. It's like. Like someone's like, we have to write about fifteen men being killed, murdered in a, a tunnel with a bunch of flowers. <laughs> Imagine being the uh, the the detective who gets the case, and <laughs> you just okay. So there's forty eight mercenaries, twelve thousand bullet shells, grenade shrapnel, headshots, flower, death, smush cars. I, you would, and flower. Like what? I would quit. <laughs> I'm I'm done, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna go be a fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just made me happy seeing that. Made me happy. okay. Okay, I just want to say real quick. And I also remember when we first watched this movie, and Vin Diesel goes to kill Toby Kebbell. He just takes a truck that's randomly yeah. in the parking lot. What, you're thinking, why does he? Why is he doing that? And then he knows how to fly a plane and this, that, and the other. I like the very simple yada yada. It's that they set it up. It's all in his mind. It's all digital. But he can also fly all these planes in his head because of the nanobites. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, well, he does actually fly the plane. But I love that it's the nanobites that do it. Not just, oh, I, you know, I flew one of these back in the day. Like the nanobites took control and learned for him. And that makes yeah. it so much more palatable with those two sentences to know. All right, so uh, I think we both did our five. Do you have one more left? Oh, I, I just I, – I'm finally fully on board with how bored he looks while lifting weights. Yeah. <laughs> He's so surprised. That's funny. I had a, kind of a bigger one that I didn't count as my five that I wanted to talk about, and, and maybe this will make me sound really ridiculous. Do you think the ending is real? <laughs> Do you think like, – like when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, they're making a joke – uh, uh, clearly they're riding off into the sunset. Then, then I watched it this time and I was like, oh wait, none of this is real. Like, like he got blown up and he's just recaptured. Oh, I like to think that they're out and they're going to go solve mysteries together. The three of them. I refuse to think that that's fake because that would just change everything I think about this movie and make me really sad and just depressed. So I'm going, I'm, I'm going with no, because <laughs> I don't even want to think about that, David. This is horrible. I, 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 yeah. The, the thing that this character is like, you could always just reset it. Like at any point, you could do bloodshot and be like, you know what? That last move didn't happen. All programmed. Yeah. <laughs> you can now. You never have to like follow continuity. Honestly. Oh man. No, I, I hope that it's, I hope that it's all real, and that they're gonna go fight gigantic sea dragons, and KT can swim. He can. Lamorne can stay in the. 
Van. He fought for the Kobe line, by the way, just to let you know. He's oh. the one that kept the Kobe, like, because they wanted to get rid of it because that this it was released after Kobe's death. And so they were really justifiably sensitive about it. But he's like, no, we just got to honor him. We have to honor Kobe. So yeah. they kept that scene in. But I refuse. Maybe. I refuse. That, I feel, 0.06% of my soul just died thinking <laughs> that this might be fake, David. And I don't want to. I mean, it could, the next movie could start with KT breaking in to rescue him again. <laughs> yeah. And then he's in the van. <laughs> yeah. I want to oh, see yeah. them in yeah. a car, the three of them, just singing, I don't know, Desposito or singing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or Sixpence None the Richer. I just want to see the three of them in a car singing. That's what I want. <laughs> Ooh. You know who the villain of the next movie should be? Who? Rosamund Pike. That would be pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, she does does villains really well. I care a lot. Reunion. <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, some some behind the scenes stuff, and so there's two things I guess we could I can mention about behind the scenes. Um, so the whole ending of the movie was redone at Sony's request, and what I read was that the original ending took place. Or Dalton was killed um, in the water. The, water, the pool at the beginning uh, because Bloodshot destroyed his legs and then pushed him in the water and he drowned. Uh, and then Sony was like, can we make this ending bigger and less dark? <laughs> oh, really? So then they did the, yeah, eleva the, yeah. the elevator thing? Yeah, that's and that's how the elevator thing came about because they're like, well, the director like clearly knows how to do really awesome uh, video stuff, uh, CGI stuff, so let's let him go ham. Oh, that's... I want. I wonder if I don't have the. I can. Maybe we should try to get a hold of that. <laughs> I think it. it's. I think they talk about it in the um, in the special special features uh, that was available with with this. I I didn't watch them. I don't know if the version I bought came with special features. Because I bought it online when it was twenty bucks and it didn't come with any special features. So the, I'd have to go buy the Blu-ray, which I should, probably should do. It's probably ten bucks. Next year yeah, we it, can talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the other thing was there was supposed to be a uh, in credit scene with another character from the Valiant universe uh, showing up a, a psychic and Hoyata. Um, he just showed up in my comics, so I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, but they they cut it because they're like uh, we don't know if this is gonna be a <laughs> an actual universe. Yeah, it's the worst when you say there's gonna be a universe and it doesn't do well, and then they just make fun of your movie. So I think they made the right choice. Uh, I mean, well. This is our second one we're covering where there's the universe fall apart. The other one was Dark Universe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But this one's... They're going to make a sequel. They will make a sequel. They better make a sequel. I want a sequel. So, Give me a Mark, sequel. Mark, I have, I have a surprise for you. Ooh. It's a game. Okay. It's a new game. It's a variation of our old game. And for your new listeners, um, typically when I'm on, I will do a game of uh, either or with an actor and give you, like, we'll... Like, what role with an actor? Um, this game is going to be called Bloodshot or Dom, and I'm going to give you an actor, and you tell me if there would be a better Bloodshot or Dom. Okay. You, are you okay? Yeah, okay. yeah. Chris Evans. Neither. Neither. Yeah. You got you got to pick Bloodshot or Dom. I guess Dom because Dom's kind of bossy and just sort of tells people what to do. And it's sort of sanctimonious and is all about family and rules, and that's what Captain America was. So I'm I'm taking that. Yeah, interesting. I I think he's bloodshot. Whoa. Yeah, I think he he has a um a softness to him that he can pull off. And I'm thinking uh, Solaris. Um, no, no, Sunshine. Um, that's a, that version of Chris Evans. Got it. Got it. Yeah, okay. he's good in that. Okay. And Sunshine. Yeah. Number two, Will Smith. <sighs> Bloodshot, because he has that openness to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he would be great. Yeah, he same. would be a good. He'd be good. He'd be open. And when he says thank you, I think he would be good at it. Love it. Bloodshot. Okay. Okay. This is this is the wildest one. Betty White. Oh man. Okay. I, she would have to be Dom. Yeah. Because she would have the family. Would. She'd be great. She's tough. Betty White. Dom. Betty White. Hands Dom. Down. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, she likes tuna sandwiches. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a Toretto's tuna sandwich shirt right now, actually. <laughs> okay, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. I mean, there is an action Hanks when you watch News of the World, Saving Private Ryan. I think you would be a great bloodshot, but you'd have to give him a different story. Yeah, yeah. Because imagine his character from Saving Private Ryan is frozen in a block of ice, and then they. They're like, oh, okay, well, he's frozen, so we'll just bring him back. And then they give him these nanobites. It would just be a different type of revenge. It would be not a Road to Perdition type of revenge, but it would be Action Hanks. Bloodshot, hands down. It would be, oh, man, I would love that. I want to see him as Dom. <laughs> yeah, just holding hands, drinking Corona, yeah. speeding yeah. in cars. It's all about family. <laughs> <laughs> just like, Just like completely affable. Hit the Nas. <laughs> okay, last one. Ashley Olsen. Ashley Ashley Olsen. Ashley. So not Mary Kate, but Ashley. No, no. No. Scarlet Witch herself. Oh no, not Ashley. That is that's that's Mary... um Elizabeth Olsen. Yes, so I don't know why I did that. Yeah, Elizabeth. I want to see her as bloodshot. Give her another superhero role. Give her that yeah, role. Yeah. Terminator role. Oh yeah. yeah make her there. Good. Bring in okay. Okay, keep Lamar Morris. Keep KT, but then bring in Michael Pena and Walton Goggins. But she's still the star, of course. I'm not, like, making an ensemble film. Just bring in the cast from Ant-Man 3 and make her the star. Yeah, put put Walton Goggins in everything. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be great. She could pull off Dom, too. But I just want yeah, to see her as a Terminator. That'd be so cool. Because she has an oh. openness about her that I think would work really well like Vin Diesel has. Now my heart's broke. I just died a little bit inside knowing that we'll never get that movie. Your, your heart's died multiple times during this episode. I'm, I'm exhausted right now. Well this, uh, well, this was fun, man. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you. I feel like this was a spicy rewatch, too. We came with some some uh, <laughs> uh, hot facts, like hot yeah. hot takes on, on Ben Affleck being uh, this is great. perfect for this role. And a completely different episode than our first one, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and here here's one that I didn't get to say related to Ben Affleck. Just so we're clear, I want Ben Affleck to be the new Terminator in the Terminator movies. He should. <laughs> yeah, he's he could totally do it. Or Walton Goggins. Yeah, well, that's the only two. No one in between. <laughs> and Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna work on that script. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, do you want to promote award winners before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, uh, I am the co-host of Award Wieners. It is a podcast, movie review podcast about Oscar-winning movies and hot dog recipes. It is highbrow meets lowbrow. Every episode, we uh, go into a deep dive of a Best Picture winner and then make a hot dog recipe based off that film. And go follow his Instagram page right now. You should have done it 10 yeah. minutes ago, but you should do it right now because there's really some nice, juicy content about Casablanca and Kid Rock songs. <laughs> yes again it, like uh, the entire brand is highbrow meets lowbrow um i'm never trying to be mean it's always trying to have a good time occasionally things go over people's heads uh a lot <laughs> a lot yeah right. i think the, I, I posted one yesterday mark about uh freddy Krueger Kruger living rent free in your brain because in the movie he literally lives rent free in your brain and no one got it <laughs> i got it i loved it yeah he lives in your brain and he doesn't pay anything yeah cheapskate <laughs> <laughs> it's a crime all right well thank you for joining me man thank you we'll do this again next year yeah bloodshot mess mass bloodshot miss bloodshot miss there we go yeah all right so for me mark hoffmeyer and for david cross this is movie films of flicks we'll see you next week